Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Don't let your business be the end of you. It's a vehicle to get you to your next destination, where you want to go. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech shout out goes to Dave Whelan. Dave, thank you so much for supporting and cheering on the We Are LA Tech community and podcast. Be sure to say hello to Dave on social on LinkedIn, D-A-V-E, last name W-H-E-L-A-N. He is just so cool building Rebel Labs. Rebel Labs is a leading science-based revolution in wellness arena encompassing mind, body, and spirit. They are teaching us how to build a healthy life and providing building blocks of knowledge from food to fitness. And oh my God, are they amazing. Tell me you found them via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Stick around. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Today's personal spot is keeping on. I was listening to an Emma Chamberlain interview yesterday, and she was talking about how there's so many times that she's wanted to quit. And I know that there's been so many times that I've wanted to quit because being an entrepreneur, being a content creator is really tough. It's exhausting. It's energizing. And for so many different reasons, sometimes it's just, it's too much. And that's why it's incredibly important that we stay really committed and aware of why we're doing this in the first place and make sure that we're changing it up a bit as we go through the journey of creating so that we continue to enjoy the process. I know it's so cliche, but you know, that saying it's about the journey, not the destination. 
And it's really true. So many people end up at the destination and they're like, wait, okay, now what? It's fun for like a day and a margarita, but then like, then what? And so what are we doing on a daily basis to make sure that we're really enjoying our craft? Like why we got into it in the first place and that we're living the lifestyle that we want to live that our craft complements. Like for me, I know that I want to make time to go on hikes and really get to know Los Angeles and that way of the nature, time to take a walk on the beach. So if I'm just sitting at a computer every single day not doing that stuff, am I really honoring the life that I wanted to create for myself? So that's my little thought of the morning. Sorry for my raspy voice. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Tech podcast spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest, Kurt, coming at us from Oceanside, just south of Orange County. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Kurt, go ahead, jump in, tell us who are you and what do you do? Yes, I am Kurt Cushino, founder and CEO of High Life Brands, and we are a progressive brand development and marketing agency, and we specialize and working with lifestyle startups and challenger brands in the, in the B2C and D2C space that are looking to connect with uh, the millennial generation. Something, millennials are something that we've had a deep specialization in for over a decade and far before it was super sexy to talk about it in the media. So, so we work with visionary entrepreneurs, CEOs, and a lot of times on the startup side, I and my team work alongside the, the founder and we, we literally build, launch, and grow startups from, you know, the big idea. 100%. And you and I have known each other for several years. I started We Are LA Tech in 2012, but you actually met me during my action sports days, building the first action sports social network before 2012. So that's crazy. You've been a part of the LA Tech community before there even really was an LA Tech community. <laughs> right. Absolutely. We actually were putting on a, I believe, a kind of a networking event for the fashion, action sports, music kind of business scene. And I think you had come out, uh, I think you'd come out to that and that's how we, that's how we met. So, and the rest is history. Are you from LA? Like what makes you want to build a company in Los Angeles? Well, so I started my agency in Kansas city, um, in 2001. So this year is actually our 20th, uh, anniversary. So I started in Kansas city, Missouri. That's where I was born and raised, graduated from Mizzou in, uh, Columbia, Mizzou Tigers. Uh, and then I expanded about seven or eight years into the business. I expanded and opened our second office in Los Angeles. And then I ended up relocating out there and spent another, uh, like eight or nine timelines, a little foggy for me, but probably about eight or nine years, um, in Los Angeles. Uh, and then basically relocated our, you know, shut down our KC office and made Southern California, our headquarters, which was kind of always one of my ambitions and plans. And, um, cause we have a lot of clients on, we've always had a lot of clients, even when we were based in Kansas city that were on the coasts. So West and East, but I tend to favor West more myself. So that's how I shaped my journey. We were in Los Angeles, a couple different offices, uh, and then ended up coming down just South of Orange County, um, to Oceanside. And, and that's where we're based now. So, so it works out nice. So I built hype life basically, the first thing launched at the very end of my college career 
But before that, I, I actually had a record label. And so I had a record label from since I was a, a teenager and put out music of bands I was in, started putting out friends, bands and acts, and then doing like college radio promotion and investing money in those bands. And then, you know, they would play and get them charting and all that good stuff. And so I always thought it would be cool to have a production, kind of like a, a centralized in-house like production company. So really it was more than that record label. It was sort of like a record label and then like this creative design tech side. So all things I was interested in and passionate about to this day. So that way that the, the musicians and the artists could be well-branded, well-packaged, you know, put together, managed, all that stuff was sort of in-house. And so as I moved through my, my teen years and on into uh, college, eventually I decided to break those two things apart. And so I broke the record label off really as its own, just, just standalone record label. And then the other side, because I started getting, as an entrepreneur myself, I started getting hired for these different web and design and, you know, posters and flash animation. Um, I did. And then we, my team, as I started to hire people, did like a lot of award-winning flash animation stuff and like heavy programming and cool effects. And you'd move your mouse around and something would happen like with a flower, for example. So, you know, we, we split those two things apart. And basically when I did that in 2001, that launched the the design and the creative and that tech side which has become to this day which is hype life and that's really how i started that and you've always been passionate about community uh, what have you done especially um in orange county what have you done to build and cultivate community um i think just being a part of it has been obviously weird and challenging for us all with you know the covid just trying to get out there and find communities of people that are of like mind, you know, just like we are LA Tech and just like the events that we, you know, we established that series where you came to and we did a few more of those. There was kind of a whole series there. So just kind of hooking in and connecting with different existing little pods, because there's all these little pods. The way I see it is in Southern California, Los Angeles included, there's all these little pods of like interesting people doing interesting things, but there's no major body of people that's like connected. So, you know, you got to go to these different events and then you kind of find, you know, 10 people here, 10 people there. So just trying to continue to build those relationships and using tools, you know, like LinkedIn, which I'm a huge evangelist for. I don't get paid for that or anything, but I've always thought that was a really powerful tool and keeping in touch with people, you know, like there's a, there's a group down in San Diego that I found that I, I may actually get more seriously involved with, but, you know, I found that they had, you know, a cadre of people and then it's like, well, what do you do beyond that? You know, and then it's like, oh, well, we're doing, you know, little art shows and wine events. And, you know, we have this almost shark tank thing like thing. And I said, oh, well, that's interesting. Cause you know, as you know, we work a lot with startups. And so tell me more about that and how can I help with that? You know? So just looking for stuff like that, where, it's just putting all these different puzzle pieces together in a, in a little bit more, you know, powerful way to say the least. Yeah. And how have you served the tech community through Hype Life? Whatever the company is that we work with, whatever the startup is, wherever they're located. I mean, I think that we, because our approach is holistic and it's, it's 360 degrees, 
we help in every possible way that we can. So a lot of right now, I would say in the last couple of years, a big focus is on really tuning and fine tuning the MarTech stack. So the marketing tech stack. Now, over the past few years, people have thought that, oh, I can like basically I can, you know, and the bigger the company is, the bigger, the worse this gets. So I think that, oh, we can just silo that. Like you can just have marketing and then you can have IT over here and you can have these advertising guys over there. And like, it's all, but it's all been converging for many years. Um, and so we come in and basically assess what the systems are, what's going on, what's being measured, what's the, what's the top line goals. Again, I mentioned that we work with the, you know, founders, CEOs, and that's the level that we work at period, the end. And so figuring out what are the top line goals of the business, what's on the road ahead, what's the end game, because once we have that end game, we can help our clients and we do help our clients from cradle to grave, basically, of any brand that we're working with. And a lot of that comes down to technology needs, like I, almost saying like tech companies doesn't even mean anything to me anymore, because most companies that we're working with that are, I mean, our clients work on a national scale at the smallest. So you have to be a tech, you have to have tech in your arsenal to do that. There's no way around that. The companies that don't harness tech to the fullest in conjunction and converge with their marketing and their advertising efforts, and I'm talking about much more than just posting on Instagram, those are the ones that suffer, you know, and those are the ones that don't evolve and grow and grow in a healthy, you know, healthy pace and reach those end game goals that we really work to work with our clients to define in the beginning so we can reverse engineer that end game. What kind of results has Hype Life gotten for brands? What are some some examples? We've built and launched numerous startups and the one we're focusing on right now would be Huddle Music, I think is probably the best case study of, that we've ever had because there's enough capital there to really see physical growth. A lot of our clients were literally launching things into the market with zero followers, zero sales, zero registered users, everything. And so we've been able to steadily ramp Huddle Music, which is a, a growing global music community slash platform. So it's not just a, a social media platform. There's a lot more going on. And there's a lot more revenue streams that are being finished up right now and being launched. So really bringing those ideas to life, launching them and then growing them. So I think, I think one of the big stats there, we launched it at zero and we've had it's like 18 to 22 given the month, but average 20% month over month growth from pretty much day one of the user base, you know, and that's one of our top line goals, of course, is when you're building a community, which is a Interestingly, a common thread that we have done in the last decade is a lot of sites or platforms or apps or brands or whatever, where there's this reliance on community. And if you don't have that community, you know, it's not like you're just selling a webinar or some, you know, transactional thing. It's like we're, we're often building these things, like rolling this bigger and bigger snowball. And so seeing that community go from zero to thousands and thousands of users now. Um, and that's the, I mean, we're just like scratching the surface. Um, and that's pre, that's pre outside external funding on top of that. Where is that company based? They started in New York city now in Denver. 
I, I think everybody listening right now would love to know what are some marketing tactics that are missing as they're going from, you know, just, I was just a part of Yellow um, Boot Camp done by Snapchat. And there were so many people that asked, you know, we had top level investors, like, like inaccessible investors on this meeting with us. And the main question these start, LA startups were asking is, but how do I go from zero to 100? <laughs> and so how should companies be thinking about going from zero to 100? I mean, I couldn't even believe such an entry level kind of question was being asked when you have access to these amazing people. But it's the most important question. How do I get off the ground? Right. Yeah, it's an absolutely critical question and something that I talk about with our you know, startup founder clients from basically day one is we can't just think about the big idea and building it and then like magic is going to happen, you know? And I think startup founders have to embrace the idea that if you start that journey and building this thing or creating this idea that you have, that you are going to have to, at some point produce, you know, customer traction. So customer traction is how you go from zero to a hundred, or, you know, if we want to talk about users or sales or whatever it is, zero to a hundred and then a hundred to 500 and 500 to a thousand and all that. You have to plan for that, you know, and some of the ways to, to do that are, you know, number one, do not shortcut on brand. You have to build a solid brand. First of all, now, sometimes people are just like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I came up with some logo or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your core why connection, your connection to why. We, we are firm believers in our brand development methodology here and every client we've worked with will tell you that we've discussed it at length. We have developed a, a core brand strategy and it's all based around the idea of starting with why and not with what. Now I know I'm confident you are familiar with Simon Sinek. I have been a huge proponent of that since my, my mentor in Los Angeles who ran a, a successful agency there that was more akin like independent agency like ours is. He introduced me to that probably 12 years ago or something. And it was just kind of like explained everything we had already started doing here and how we built brands for clients. So that's really important. You know, I think another way to say it is have a clear purpose and be able to articulate it. So if somebody asks you, what do you do? You can say that, you know, that elevator thing. And also brand is about what people say about your company, your brand, your offering when you're not in the room. Um, that's it's their understanding. So once you have that, you have a really, really solid place to work from and all the other things, which a lot of them are tactical. You know, you can't just rely on Instagram to be your marketing plan. That's not a marketing plan. And then as a startup, when you start to hit the market and you want to have growth, you really want to try to get a, a very diversified portfolio or mix of channels. You know, So don't just rely on organic growth. Don't rely on Facebook or don't rely on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. But the combination of all those things, along with things like you know, your organic uh, SEO building efforts, that, that's long game, that's slow. So you don't want to lead with that. But you got that and then you've got paid search like PPC. So all these things working in concert together is what makes a really healthy marketing mix when you're going out to market. So you've built the ship, 
you know, and you're ready to put it in the water and that's your startup. So you put the startup in the water and then you have to start spending those marketing and advertising dollars to do the number one thing that I would say we probably do here at High Flight Brands, which is build awareness. And there's numerous channels way beyond what I mentioned just now, but, you know, and finding which channels are most potent, which comes from also really understanding, and this is something we do in month one of our work, is defining our unique buying tribes and knowing who those people are. You can't just assume people might want your thing if they're on Facebook. Is your crowd 23 to 30 year old women? Well, that's probably not where you need to go. You might want to look at Pinterest and TikTok, for example. You can go down the Instagram road, but it's very, very crowded and very, very noisy. So thinking through those things and then starting to test those hypotheses after you've built, and then also iterating and listening to your, your community of people, whether it's you know, local to you in Los Angeles, it's, you know, it's a North Hollywood crowd, or maybe it's Los Angeles, or maybe it's downtown LA, or maybe it's California, or maybe it's the whole United States, or maybe it's potentially the whole world. But having your ears open and listening to what people are saying and asking for, and then focusing on those instead of being the mad scientist founder that burns through capital or resources or whatever, to just like continuously tinker. Don't tinker. Iterate, but iterate smartly. So those are some things I would say that I just see happen over and over again with you know clients and brands that maybe we're not working with, but there's a lot of pitfalls for entrepreneurs. And I think it's really helpful to have somebody too just in your corner. I mean, I think we were talking before the interview that I just have a lot of phone calls with people. I just like to help, you know, um, if there's a fit, great. But otherwise, we have a lot of phone calls with uh, people and startup founders and just kind of like guiding them, you know, in a direction. And I've started since COVID actually started doing kind of like hourly consults, too. So which is something we've not ever offered in the past. Is there an L.A. resource like an L.A. tech resource that you highly recommend? Like some people answer there are incubators at USC or the accelerators or there's like grid 110 or there's like, you know, there's co-working spaces. Is there a particular resource? And again, if you don't have an answer, that's totally okay. Is there a particular resource that is really helpful to L.A. tech businesses? Well, I was a part of the uh, Cal State. Um, they have a startup incubator and they have them in Irvine, where I was a startup advisor for several years. And they also have one in Fullerton. So if you're in that sort of south area of Los Angeles, those are definitely some excellent resources. You can get in there. You can get temporary office space. You can work with a bunch of different advisors like myself. Um, they had a legal advisor. They had a uh, I was in there kind of as brand and marketing and then, you know, formation and all that different stuff. So you can get a lot of resources for next to nothing. So that that would be what I would recommend just because of my familiarity with it. And how do people find out more about that program? I would just search for Cal State, uh, just start with the Cal State Fullerton incubator because that's the original one. Um, and then they sprouted off the Irvine one three, I think three and a half years ago. So if you start with just searching for that, you'll, you'll find it. They have a, a website for that. And can you talk a little bit more about your experience being a startup advisor at the incubator? 
So the way that it works is each startup advisor has weekly or monthly office hours. And all you have to do is just they send out emails to all the people that are in the startup incubator. And that actually, my, my sessions, and I think they do this with some of the other advisors, were open to the public too. So you could even just go just to kind of test the waters before committing to that incubator. You could go meet the different advisors and the different categories that you, you really knew you would need help in. And then basically you can book a, a free slot for uh, 30 minutes or an hour. And then, you know, it's like an ask me anything or bring your problem to the table. And we try to unpack it as much as we can in an hour. So you have some clarity around a lot, of, you know, a lot of the challenges that you will face as a, a growing entrepreneur or startup founder. And so that's what I would do is just, you know, really try to figure out how can I help this person? What's their question? What's their challenge? And then explain, sort of give them an answer uh, based on my experience and our team's experience here at Hypelife, but also then kind of like unpack why the answer is what it is. So they would get an education in how this stuff works, you know, whether we're talking about Google and, you know, search engine rankings to pay-per-click or learning the basics of really what goes on when you make a post on social media. You know, I think a lot of people just throw it out there and move on. But we look at that as like, that's really potential content, but you have to put ad dollars behind it. And here's how you want to do that, why you want to do that, and the limits that you want to sort of set for yourself when you're starting down that pathway towards growing your startup or your brand. What restaurant in Oceanside do you recommend people check out? There's a lot of them down here. There's a lot that uh, Orange County and Los Angeles definitely come down here for right on the border of southern border of Orange County. So two places come to mind. So number one, my top spot here is uh, Pacific Coast Spirits. So they source all local ingredients. All the food is local ingredients. But they also make their own spirits, so bourbons and whiskeys and gins and reposado and tequila and all that. And they're all phenomenal. They're all award-winning. And and that just, I mean, I think me and my family, or if I have clients fly in for meetings, uh, that's where we all, they always want to go there. Some of my clients like can't like wait to get whatever limited edition bottle they've got out and you know they talk about it while they're not here so that's where we go so that place is cool very open big uh, space plenty of tables um so that's like my number one spot a lot of people come both down come from los angeles orange county as well as all the way down into san diego they come and eat at the flying pig which is another spot they actually just moved they've got a new cool space opened up on mission avenue just right off the uh, off the five um and then probably the place I'm I'm kind of most interested and excited to try is a place called Valle, uh, which is opening up at one of the new hotels here, which is a new kind of modern twist on Mexican. And it's a really famous, uh, I think it's a, some sort of a Michelin star chef that uh, is at the head of it. So that should be open within a few days, I, I believe, actually. What activity do you recommend that we all try? Honestly, for me, I love, I love uh, riding my bike around here. Um, I love also, I haven't done it, it's a little cold right now, but, um, and I also broke my leg in March, but I'm good now. Uh, but bodyboarding, bodyboarding. So even if you're a little bit timid with, you know, surfing or getting out into the, the deep waters, you know, you can have a lot of fun 
with a bodyboard. You can do it with your kids or your friends. You don't have to be a professional anything, you know, and you, there's in the harbor, especially in Oceanside, um, you know, you can walk out really far into the ocean when the tide's right. And it's very flat. It's very weird how flat it is, but it's not like it just drops off. It, you know, it drops off eventually, but you could walk so far out there and then you catch the right wave. And it's just a lot of fun for anybody, any age, I feel like. So that's my, that is my recommendation, you know, and of course you could, you can rent an e-bike, but you're not really getting any, you're not really getting any exercise or physical activity, <laughs> but you see those buzzing around here too. Is there a hike you recommend? I would recommend starting at one end of the beach and just walking because you can walk forever. There's long stretches in Oceanside, in Carlsbad, in Encinitas, and that's why one of many reasons people flood just north of here. They come down um, on the weekends, so like Friday and Saturday. Uh, it's just very it's it's scenic, it's peaceful, it's um, it's very grounding. I feel like for me personally, so uh, and it's great exercise as well. So I would say the hike would be along the coastline with the water touching your toes. What is the best piece of advice that you've gotten? I think the best piece of advice that I got, which was actually from my, my mentor in Los Angeles, uh, was don't let your business be the end of you. It's a vehicle to get you to your next destination, where you want to go. I think it's very easy, and I've fallen into that as well, for entrepreneurs to fall into the idea that my business, whatever it is, whether it's you know 30 years old, it's 10 years old, it's 5 years old, or it's 10 days old, that can start to define you and define who you are. And that's how you see yourself. So if your business is doing well, you're doing well. If your business is having hard times, which all businesses do, you're having hard times. And so you have to learn to, and it takes time. It's not easy. I've been there, um, you know, both good and bad, like, but you have to learn to sort of decouple yourself um, for your own well-being and you know, personal mental health and all those things, because otherwise it's a, it's a dangerous mix to have those two tied together. So just really thinking about it from that perspective, you know, that your business does not define you and it's that vehicle to your next destination, I think is probably the number one thing that stays in my head. And that's something I share with other, um, folks in business, entrepreneurs, whatever. And how can people connect with you? I'm a big fan of Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can find me in either of those spots, uh, Twitter or just my name, C-U-R-T-C-U-S-C-I-N-O. Or you can go on uh, LinkedIn and just search for Kurt Hype Life and you'll find me there, Kurt Cushino, C-U-S-C-I-N-O. Or you can visit our website, hypelifebrands.com um, and you can chat with us in real time there as well. Real humans. Kurt, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the Los Angeles tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you very much for having me, Esprit. Hi, I'm Kirk Cushino, founder and CEO of Hype Life Brands. We're a progressive brand development and marketing agency specializing in working with lifestyle startups and challenger brands that want to connect with millennials. We are based in Oceanside, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech. 
The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.